Would you pray with me, please? God of all hopes, God of everlasting love and promises, we thank you for the privilege and the joy of being your church in this place at this time. We thank you for the fellowship and the discipleship that draws us together in faith to be stronger in you that the world might grow in you. Draw us close to your word now to help us to grow. And so may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, either through us or in spite of us. Speak to us, thy people, we pray. Amen. Welcome home, church. This is the biggie, right? This is called Rally Sunday, and thank you for rallying. Welcome to the end of summer also, right? And the beginning of a, a fresh start to our faith life together. And it's been a, a great summer for our church, filled with great moments of our church becoming more visible in our community, more sought after, and more in touch with our faith as we grow as a church. We are on the map of Meriden, not just because we have a street address, but because we're becoming known as a church that cares and wants to make a difference in our community. And while some of our great moments this summer have been outside the walls of this church and its buildings, we've had plenty of great moments inside them too. Our faith groups on Wednesday evenings are well established now, and we invite everyone to come in and experience them sometime, and to see how small Methodist groups are the core of what makes our faith movement work for a reason. <clears throat> and our summer sermon series on the letter to Ephesians had many moments, I think, when we learned how to fire up a saving faith. Our faith makes a difference not just in our lives, but in the world that our loving God has created. You see, we're not just talking about changes to this church. We're walking the talking. We're treasuring the best of what has made this church great for more than 150 years and using those treasures to touch the world in fresh and new ways through faith. And we're not done by a long shot, friends. Our mission programs, our outreach programs, are not about a checkbox approach to faith, but inviting our deeper commitment to both our faith and our community in ways that will touch lives to the bone in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Walking the talk is really about what living authentic Christian faith is all about. In one of our faith groups last Wednesday, we were talking about how people in some nations have wonderful faith traditions that are very, very spiritual. But those traditions live in the middle of extreme poverty and cruelty that seem to make the talk of faith in those nations far away from the walk of everyday people. Christianity is supposed to be different. We're supposed to have active, deep, and living conversations with God and with one another in faith. But we're really not Christians until we take that walk, talk on a walk through real life, 
where people need God's healing touch. In other words, our Pentecost altar display is still here for a reason. God's not done with trying to set the world on fire through faith. God's Holy Spirit has been building a fire in your hearts, waiting for you to let that Spirit come to life in your life and to help you be the church in new and powerful ways. Worship isn't an entertainment show. Worship isn't a loyalty test. Worship is when we, like God, set on fire what our faith life has been preparing for us all week. Worship celebrates discipleship. Without the walk of discipleship, worship is just talk. Few books in the Bible are able to express this well as the letter of James. James was an early leader of the Christian church. Many think that James may have been a younger brother of Jesus. It's not clear that James himself wrote this letter or whether a follower of James had polished up an earlier letter by James. But whatever the way, it's been clear since the time of James that checkbox faith is not Christian faith. James reminds us that it all starts with a transformed heart and moves out to transform God's world in Jesus. And the letter of James is very specific about how our hearts being the first place where we need to be walking the talking. There's no such thing as an almost Christian heart. Either your heart has been given to Christ in whole, or it's not in Christ. John Wesley, the key founder of Methodism, was very fond of James's letter, and he preached from it often. In our reading from James today, we see that James is focusing first on the core symptom that betrays a heart that's only almost for Christ. Favoritism. For some rich people, a good seat of worship was expected, while poor Christians settled for standing or sitting on the floor. James knew that worship is a time when our almost Christianity is on display as much as genuine faith. Either our hearts put us equally before God in Christ with others, or they don't. We can pick and choose which of we can't pick and choose which of God's Ten Commandments suit us either. Either our hearts are being committed to God in Christ, or they aren't. Either we love God with all our hearts and our neighbors as ourselves, or we don't. James has a key insight here. In James 2, James ties our sin of partiality to ourselves and to others to our lack of mercy. Partiality, <coughs> favoritism, is judgment. It's saying that we prefer to lead with our distinctions from other people rather than our commonness with other people. When we focus on what we have in common with others, we're forced to admit that we're not so different from them and that we need God's grace as much as they do. Judgment condemns people to separation 
and death. Mercy. God's call to remember how merciful God is to us for the sake of God's love for us saves people for connectedness and life. Yes, as, as thinking and feeling human beings, we do have to make judgments sometimes. But as James shows us, judgments without a moral heart, a heart centered on Christ, are dead letters. We might as well let a computer do our dirty work. And sadly, many do use machine logic, with or without machines, to dream up judgments against people that are horrifyingly evil. The math said to Nazis that the Holocaust had good numbers. Corporations destroy lives and even our planets based on the mythical morality of shareholder value. And even people who claim to be for equality and justice can raise their voices to such a fever pitch of anger and hatred that their unity with Christ is not hard to question. James reminds us that the consequences for us failing to allow God's mercy to leave our hearts are clear. God is the final judge, not us. All of our favoritism, all of our secret power plays, all of our dreaming and scheming to get an edge over someone else will look really silly and sad when we stand before God's judgment. Anyone can be clever. God knows. And how many of us can use our freedom to show mercy the way that God used God's freedom to show mercy to us in Jesus? How many of us come to worship with a free heart, seeking out how to be closer to the God of mercy together in God's Holy Spirit? Some of us do, I know, and we all have the ability to try to. But none of us can find God's mercy in our hearts without God. Even the woman, in today's reading from Mark, a poor immigrant woman who needed God's mercy so very badly for her sick daughter, she had to put aside her fear of humiliation and find salvation in nothing but the mercy of Jesus. Like this woman, we are all in some way afraid to rely on God's mercy we're afraid to bend our knees for mercy, either because we're afraid of bending low or afraid of having bent so low to unfair people so many times. Whatever our fears, God's love in Christ calls us to put them aside and to live first and foremost in the power of God's mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Or as some have translated this passage from James, mercy overrules judgment. We're only human. Our hearts will be hurt and will want to lash out at the world with harsh judgment. But mercy has the first and the final word. Our judgment of situations that isn't grounded in the perfect love of God and Jesus Christ can be dangerous and hurtful. We must, must let God's mercy overrule our passion for judgment. Without that mercy ruling over our hearts, we will hurt and be hurt again and again and again with no end to the hurt. 
So welcome home to church. Welcome home to the community of Christians who are called to walking, talking, first in our hearts, and then and only then in God's world. The talk must be mercy. The walk must be mercy. And only from this talking and walking can God's peace and justice come flowing into God's world. None of us truly deserve this mercy, but we all need it. God needs us to find it in our hearts through joyful Christian discipleship, fired by the power of God's Holy Spirit, warming us together as God's church in Christ. This fall, commit yourself to a life of mercy in Christ. Commit to a faith group and to finding God's mercy in the Bible. Pray as often as you can. Dare to sign up for a mission project or a learning experience that will challenge you and stretch you. Reach out to a friend or a family member who needs to hear a word of assurance from a person of faith. Pray for God's forgiveness as you take the first hard steps towards mending relationships where you have valued judgment over mercy. We can be walking the talking together, and as we do, our church, guided by God's mercy, will be set on fire for faith. And I can't wait to see it happen. Time now for the prayers of the people, time when we lift up our joys and concerns and the concerns of our community. We're very grateful to be here to pray for people. We pray for those traveling and for those who have started school. And we continue to pray for the family of Ruth Nadu, who is now passed into God's glory. And so please be mindful of uh, Jane's needs and all of her family's needs for the passing group. Uh, we pray for Caskey on the loss of their son, Ricky. Do I have that? Karski family, I should say. We pray that they will have comfort and healing and hope. We pray for people in our community. These are some of the prayers from our job. Please let me meet someone. Wow. Please pray for my family to get a to get our son a place for Christmas. A place. A person. People pray for the simplest of things that are so important. This person prays for a better world, with unity and love for all mankind. Thank you for the prayer. Please pray for Tommy Johnson, who's been diagnosed with colon cancer 40 years away. These are all beautiful prayers. Prayers from us, prayers from our community. 
all prayers from the heart through God who has heart. Gracious God, hear our prayers. We pray for those who have passed, those who are struggling for life, those who are rejoicing in new life, and those who need simply the, the presence of a warm person in their life, a warm place to live, a safe place to live. Lord, we need all these things. And we thank you for the blessings that we have in our own lives. Clear our minds and hearts to appreciate all the blessings that you give us. Help us to see truthfully everything that we need to do to bring more blessings into our lives and other lives. Comfort and assure those who are broken and need healing and hope. And draw us all into the perfect love that you prepared for all the world. And we do pray for the world that needs your help and that we can be a part of it as your help. We pray for all of these things in the blessed and holy name of Jesus Christ. We taught us to pray a prayer that today we're going to sing. It's a little bit different tune that you may be used to. It's printed in bulletin if you want to follow along. And uh, our chorus is going to lead us through it once, and then we'll try it.
time now for offering praise. I thank you for this warm service. The joy of God is upon us, and the Spirit of the living God calls us to be God's people in love for us and the world. And as a sign of our love, we offer our tithes and offerings to the glory of God's work through this church, that love may increase now and forever.
and grant us peace now and forever. And may the people touched by God say mightily, Amen! Amen.